Welcome, everyone, to the Launchpad here in Puckburg, a podcast for the daring, do bad, and good puck tales on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woohoo! And the you know who on the other end of the woo is none other than but Jeffrey. We were we were part of the uh, the live stream for the Seattle Kraken expansion draft that Cannons and Tomahawks hosted. We'll yeah, see. that was a blast. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to record with those guys. Um, I actually recorded with them the night after that too. So that was my third time to interact with them. Um, great show, uh, great guys, and and uh, yeah, I had a blast. It was a it was a fun time. It's, I don't think it was what we expected. Obviously, that day was kind of turned upside down by that that Frank guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, it was a great time chatting about everyone's uh, respective teams and everything. Uh, so it was it was a blast though yeah and and one of those we made the comment many times during that stream like how disappointing that draft was and how it didn't really have that pizzazz that vegas did but once you saw uh seattle's long game started to make a little bit more sense with drafting younger contracts newer contracts and then going after the free agents like i know they're still working on the groove hour deal but that's a lockdown goalie that's a vesna candidate so that with the the team that Seattle's got going, um, you could see the long play. So the draft was disappointing, yes, but um, you could kind of see where they're going now with these beefier contracts and free agency. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I said it on the the the, the stream that we did uh, that it felt like a team that was being built to fail. So in the the two to three year window, um, they would be able to assimilate a team that was more of a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, that being said, I feel like I'm I maybe nibbling on my words a little bit because, like you were saying, they have made some they've made some decent moves. Um, but it does kind of show, I think, the difference in the front office between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken with that mishap with the Grubauer contract. Obviously, they tried to front load it. The NHL steps it steps, steps in, says you can't do that. Um, so it just kind of shows, I think, a little bit of the difference between the franchises. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I think it's really cool that we were able to see a franchise like Vegas just come on the scene uh, with a front office and coaching staff that obviously knew exactly what they were going for. And that was a Stanley cup uh, versus the Kraken where they might be playing a little bit of a longer game. Uh, they know that they're going to fill that stand, the, that arena up uh, no matter what. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. They might be waiting for the cap, uh, the flat cap to raise a little bit, uh, but we'll, we'll just kind of sit back and watch. And I, I think we'll all be impressed alone by the jerseys. I think that was the one, that was the all-star yeah. of the, the the live stream were the jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a guest on last Friday. Um, he's a Blue Jays beat writer, but he's a hockey fan. So we talked about that Kraken draft and how this one absolutely felt like an expansion draft. Like whatever team comes into the league, whether it's baseball or hockey, Seattle's felt like an expansion draft and they're building for the future. And Seattle already had, a hockey heritage granted it's about 100 years old at this point but they have a hockey history and vegas needed to come on the scene flashy 
win now and they'll pay for it later. And in a couple of years, we could see a flip-flop in Seattle and Vegas with like flurries out, Reeves is out. Um, everybody's bailing out of Vegas right now. So who knows in the next couple of years, we'll be uh, touting Seattle and um, talking about how Vegas didn't plan for the long-term where Seattle did. So if that means Vegas doesn't win a Stanley cup and then ends up going down to just like the bottom barrel, sign me up. Those fans have no idea what it is to suffer. Um, they don't understand what it's like to have a losing season. And that's not to take away from what Vegas has done as a city and come together. Um, I think it's fantastic for the sport. Uh, the more teams with the bigger fan bases, the better. Uh, that being said, it is a little obnoxious for, you know, you being an abs fan, uh, myself being a, a stars fan and, and covering them. Uh, you know, we've, we've both had our share of, of tough goes. So for them to really not have to suffer other than the fact that Mark Andre Fleury getting traded for essentially nothing, uh, same with Reeves, uh, that's been their biggest hurdle as a franchise so far is literally losing two players. Yeah. Um, so, you know, miss the playoffs and then you can, you can start to get upset. Hey, they're, they're taking credit for everything Mark Andre Fleury ever was. So I thought that was a, that was bold on Vegas's part. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. But we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Well, I, I do hope though, that the Kraken do come in, you know, they're in the Pacific division, which let's be completely honest is not one of the strongest. If anything, they're probably one of the weakest divisions in all of the NHL. They've got a really unique opportunity to, to build a team from the ground up uh, and, and get a couple of, you know, corner pieces of the franchise that are extremely marketable uh, to, to really make a splash, no pun intended, for their mascot in the, uh, in the Pacific Division. Well, absolutely. And who knows where Seattle will go. And I just – that was a point of reference. That's where I got to, like, really meet you for the first time was on that stream. And I've been following your content and everything you guys have been doing on Instagram. So, Jeffrey, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, let's uh, – okay, so let's go all the way back. Uh, born and raised in Dallas. Well, sorry, I was born in Texarkana. Uh, the split this I always have to clarify too I was born in the Texas part of Texarkana um, but growing up uh, you know I'm, I'm 34 now uh, even though I don't act like it maybe 12 max is what I'll give myself <laughs> um, that being said uh, I was in the era and I see you have the jersey in the background the mighty ducks yep. uh, d5 d1 um, the uh, first installment that was at a time where I was extremely impressionable uh, it was also um, excuse me just a second. Uh, I was also about the time I would say, uh, the stars came to town 93, 94. So it was almost that, that perfect timing of, you know, impressionable children's movie, uh, much like the Sandlot, obviously being in Texas, baseball is, is bigger than hockey and, and openly admit that even though it does pain me to say, uh, but you, you mix in the impressionable childlike exuberance that I was having at the time. Dallas starts come to town. It's the new thing. It's cool. It's awesome. Uh, then I really got to experience uh, the game a few times. And that's, that's pretty much when I was hooked. Uh, the reunion arena was where they played at when they came to town. Uh, rest in peace. It was, it was demolished years and years ago now, but that's where you really got to know, uh, the Dallas stars and the NHL style of hockey. Uh, then I remember asking my dad, you know, Hey, can you buy me a, a hockey net? I want to play hockey in the, in the back driveway. Uh, and of course it was one of those, uh, you know, how they say 
uh, we have it at home. You know, we yeah. have, or like, <laughs> Hey, can we go to McDonald's? Well, we have food at home. <laughs> so of course he busts out, uh, you know, his, his home Depot card and we load up on PVC pipe, yeah. uh, a fishnet with fish, uh, weights. And that's how he fastened the net itself on, um, was it regulation size? Absolutely not. Did it discourage me from playing uh, as a kid even more so? Probably so, because you couldn't stop anything. Yep. You know, I was like maybe all of four or five, five foot, you know, still growing. And he made a big goal. So, uh, yeah, that was really how I got introduced to the game. Uh, I have a little bit of an obsessive personality. So I was that kid that was always like, I just remember thinking back on anything I had that was hockey related. I had to have it out, yeah. uh, which, you know, behind me sits just a shelf with pucks and got jerseys on the walls. You know, it's great for dating. Uh, women really like when they walk into a, a full grown man's bedroom and it looks like your little brother's bedroom really <laughs> does well. Uh, really looking for that office space at one point or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the littlest things I remember growing up, there was an actual Ninja turtle action figure um, that there was one each one of the turtles had their own specific sport. And so you would buy the Ninja Turtle action figure. I think like Donatello was football. Leonardo was baseball. Uh, Raphael was basketball. And I think Michelangelo was hockey. So it came with this little bitty hockey stick and the puck was like almost like a bagel bite looking thing. It was the coolest toy ever. Um, I, I wish I still had it. My mom sold all of my Ninja Turtle toys and Batman toys, um, which you know, heartbroken to this day, but you know, I should have been more clear on don't touch those please. Uh, but that being said, go on to, uh, become a little more grown. Um, at this point, I started playing golf more often, uh, with my grandfather, my dad, uh, which is synonymous with the off season and hockey. Um, so that was really when I started to swing a stick of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, didn't really play much out of street hockey. Uh, you know, growing up in Texas, there's at the time, uh, this is around 2000, 2001, when I had gotten into high school, um, there was no hockey league that was well known. Uh, I basically found out later uh, that the only way that the district that I was in uh, that had hockey and, and to put into perspective how small of a sport it was, even then in the early 2000s, I, I went to uh, a school that had a graduating class of just under a thousand or just over a thousand. And in our uh, school district alone, there were, I believe, eight or nine schools with the same amount of graduating seniors. So you're looking at about eight to nine thousand kids throughout the entire school district. And they had enough kids to play to build one team for that district. So that's how small it was in that area. And I grew this is at this point, I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. But um, I was introduced to one of now my closest friends. Uh, He's essentially a brother family to me. Um, his name's Nathan. Um, you know, he'll probably listen to this. He's been one of my biggest supporters since day one. He actually played on that team. They were called the Garland Stampede. Um, and that's when I became a huge fan of Blasty because they yeah. actually used the Blasty logo. Um, and everyone always asks, like, you have no affiliation to Calgary. You've never been to Canada. Why out of all of the logos do you like that one? And I'm like, that's the one that when I finally was around hockey more than just a fan. Um, you know, I, I watched him play, um, his dad, Paul was actually, uh, the coach, uh, were one of the coaches for the team. So, you know, he, they had like all the Todd McFarland, you know, replica toys, yeah. um, in his office area, we would play, you know, floor hockey. We would play NHL on, you know, back when Xbox was just being introduced along with PlayStation. 
Um, and that's when I really, really found the love for the sport, uh, because that's when I was no longer a fan. I felt like I was a part of it. I was going to their practices every now and then I would see their games every now and then. Um, I like to flaunt that I've got like this, my friend Nathan's card from like eighth grade when he had the bleach blonde, basically piss yellow hair, uh, <laughs> because they didn't know how to highlight their hair back then. They, we still don't. Uh, but it, it, that's eventually who got me into skating and playing the sport. Uh, when I started uh, skating, I was probably 30 years old. So, I mean, I was a fan all through my, my twenties, uh, watched, you know, religiously always following the team, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the prospects. Um, and that's basically around when I was 30 years old, I made the commitment and I said, I now have the time and a little bit of extra money that is needed to get the, the uniform or not the uniform, but the, the pads, the setup, the sticks, everything. Um, and I've been skating for, you know, just, just under five years now. I'm by no means good. Um, I tell everyone when I skate with them, uh, don't expect me to back check because I'm still not great at skating backwards. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a locker room guy. Uh, but these, these past four years have been pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I, I started, uh, doing freelance writing, uh, for a couple of different websites, which led me to getting into, uh, the morning skate who I still write for. Um, and that's when the, uh, the water hockey, podcast became a thing uh this last year around october september october um but yeah that's basically where we're at now i still play i try to play at least uh one or two pickup games a week if not more um obviously schedules and and work and podcasting and writing it's hard to fit it in but it's always i like to to say on the bench with everyone that i skate with this is the best part of my week everything else is downhill from here but um it's fun i love the sport i love being around it Um, I hope one day to make it a full-time job so I don't have to leave the rink. Um, Like we were talking about before we started recording, it's hot as balls. It's 100 (laughs) degrees in Texas. It's 100 degrees in the South pretty much all across the board. So any chance I get to be in an ice rink where I can throw on a hoodie, some slides, and some shorts and be comfortable, uh, I'm in my element. It's literally it's where I'm my happiest. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where we are now, and uh, that's hopefully where we will keep going. So you are born and raised where Smokey and the Bandit were trying to get to. Yep. We uh, are in the promised land. <laughs> you are there's beer in Texarkana. Um and then when was the reunion uh reunion arena demolished? I want to say it was probably around 2005 because I remember the Avs and the Stars for a while. Um like in the it was like 98 99 2000 mm-hmm. Um, that's where a lot of battles to the cup ended. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, those, those stars and abs, everybody likes to point their finger back at the abs and Red Wings rivalry and say, yeah, it was bloody and everything. I remember the stars vividly being a thorn in our side. Um, the, the stars were, and I, I remember watching games, um, that were in the reunion arena. So mm-hmm. when you brought that up, that just, uh, that, that that took me back. I, I missed that place. Uh, that was a that was a nice little barn. Back- yeah, it was small. It was intimate. It was 2009 when it was demolished. But I want to say that the American Airlines Center, where they play at now, they share it with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I think they're going into their 25th anniversary, um, which makes sense. So they obviously shifted over to the American Airlines Center before they demolished the Reunion Arena. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I vividly remember a handful of games, one of which where we were sitting right on the aisle uh, where the Zamboni pulls in 
and you know practice pucks are coming in and out this is where the stars would walk in and out are the opposing team uh mind you and i just remember getting tugged on like my my pant leg and someone looked up at me and gave me a puck it was one of the the ice rink uh you know maintenance people but i mean it was just stuff like that those are the memories that i have of reunion arena i remember it fondly it, it was a great barn it was small it was loud it was intimate um don't get me wrong. The American Airlines Center is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard. It's that classic feel. You know, we're not getting a lot of those. It's not like Major League Baseball where you keep, uh, you know, Fenway and, and Wrigley. And, you know, even to the to the extent of, you know, demolishing the Yankees ballpark and yeah. then building a new one. That's how it feels like almost with with hockey. I mean, you have Detroit who, you know, you had the Joe and then, mm-hmm. then it got demolished for Little Caesars Arena which by the way, gets slept on. I love little Caesars. I I'm not ashamed for a $5 hot and ready whenever. So nothing wrong there. The cheesy, <laughs> cheesy bread's what makes the world go round. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the reunion re- reunion arena was amazing. Uh, those cup runs in 99. Uh, and then again in 2000, uh, when they would ultimately go down against the devils, um, you know, obviously that was peak stars hockey for us. That was the best time. And I think we're, we're, we're scratching on that door again. Uh, obviously, you know, Tampa Bay and their, their finessing of the cap is something we don't need to get into. I think they're going to see their, their day uh, in judgment here in the next couple seasons, uh, even with the signings that they've made. But, you know, I, I think the stars are cl- close to getting back to what it was. Um, and then they've got a completely new youth movement coming up in the systems too. So it'll be really exciting to see the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And, when you're talking about reunion, like the Avs, they started out McNichols Arena. Um, that got demolished to make parking for Mile High uh, Stadium for the Broncos and before they transitioned to Pepsi Center, which is now Ball Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, insert jokes here. But, um, yeah, I miss the old school barns. Like, I mean, Hartford played in a mall, for crying oh. out loud. Like, I mean, that's just – it's the old barns. I love going back and – one of my favorite things to do in the off season is like pull up old games on youtube and just like yes just the old barns like in the 70s 80s 90s like the birmingham bulls uh they used to be the echl birmingham Mm -hmm. bulls in the 90s and early 2000s they played out at the bjcc and they used to pack it out now the birmingham bulls of the sphl they started in 2017 they have one of those small intimate old school throwback barns it's uh It used to be just an ice skating rink that they uh, remodeled to be a, a hockey arena. And it's, I mean, it's the flat roof, like just right there, metal, like metal seats you can stomp yeah. on and it thunders in there. It's got that old school feel. So Bulls fans got it. They got it lucky and they just don't know it. Um, I think you have the Allen Americans. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the ECHL affiliate uh, for no one right now. Um, yeah. Funny enough, we're still waiting to hear who they're going to be uh, partnered up with. Um, they've been with the, the wild, uh, the San Jose sharks. I want to say they spent some time uh, under the coyotes uh, umbrella. And then before that they were in the CHL uh, along with the stars. Um, unfortunately they, the stars have renewed their deal with the, um, Idaho steelheads. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told that the president just has a great working relationship with the president of the steelheads. They love how they run the organization. Um, I do wish it was a little more like baseball, uh, where you do group the, the teams under the umbrella together. Um, especially at that, uh, you know, essentially you're looking at double a, uh, to hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got guys that are rehabbing, you don't need to send them. Uh, you know, on a private jet hundreds of miles away 
just makes sense to allow them to drive 15, 20 minutes from where they likely live to rehab. Um, that being said, yeah, we, we've got the All Americans here. Uh, it's we like to joke around that it's the best ticket in hockey. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, stars through and through. Uh, but for pricing and the fact that I want to say they just have around twenty five hundred seats in their uh, their rink, um, it's kind of like a min- miniature version of an NHL rink. It's very well put together. Um, I think they're upgrading their sound and their video boards. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a really good show, but you know, you're not paying $15 for a 12 ounce beer. Uh, no matter where you get a seat, you could get tickets as, as low as $15 a piece. You're still going to be right on top of the action. I don't think they have more than 25 rows, um, but it's an amazing experience. And that's, it's funny you bring that up because that's what I always tell people to watch first. If they're fresh hockey fans, don't go to an NHL game. Not yet. Yeah. I always go to a minor league game. One, you're supporting, you know, a team that really will use that money uh, directly as opposed to the NHL who has billions of dollars. Um, and you're just going to get a more real version, raw version of the game. Um, guys are finishing their checks. Guys are hitting uh, like their careers depend on it. Um, and then when people find out that these guys are only making four or $500 a week, yeah, uh, I think it really shows like, okay, these guys are not playing for any kind of fame or money. They're paying because they love the game and they want, they want to continue to be a part of the game as long as they can. Um, so yeah, for whoever's listening, whoever this might, even if it gets one person to go to a ECHL or any minor league game, NHL, NHL or NA3HL, check it out. You're going to spend less money. You're probably going to have more fun. And I guarantee you more people will be willing to sit there and talk to you um, than at a, an NHL game. And that's funny that you said that we had an earlier guest, uh, Callie, uh, teeny tindy. Yeah. Uh, she's awesome. She just moved to Dallas. Yeah. And she was singing the praises of the Allen Americans and was saying the the best, uh, a lot of the same things you were. So it's one of those, um, support your minor league hockey team. Like it's, I mean, it's a no brainer. It's, it's such an intimate, cheap, incredible experience you just you got to the abs the abs got lucky um our ahl team is just a couple miles up the road in loveland colorado yeah but our echl team's all the way out in utah so Ah, the the grizzlies very familiar yep so i i understand like the minor league baseball uh framework like keep it local and keep Mm -hmm. it there i mean it helped it helped the abs many times especially with the um the COVID restrictions and the taxi squad, um, they would right. they would run people up and down the road in Loveland, um, loading up that taxi squad all year long. So that that does have its benefits, and I hope Allen can find an affiliate. I don't. Is there anyone out there that's looking for an affiliate? Um, I don't know, honestly. I know. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll announce something here soon. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, so w- with the podcast Water Hockey, we've been extremely fortunate to to create a great re- uh, working relationship with the Americans. Um, we've done some in game work with them. We've had quite a few of their players from the previous season on, as well as some of their staff, and we've grown to really become fond of them as an organization, just because they are so easy to work with and they're so willing to to bring someone like us in and, and be a part of their organization in some kind of capacity. Um, that being said, it was really relieving when they told us that they were no longer going to be affiliated with the wild because I hate the wild. <laughs> <Me too>. Um, 
So it was really exciting because, you know, we're getting credentials and you've got your name on the badge and you've got your face and, you know, you're getting invited out and you're, you're being asked to help with events here and there. And it's just, it's super flattering um, to see your work go recognized. But when it's against like, when it's for a, a team like the wild, it's, it's like, there's a, there's a tiny bit of salt there, yeah. but um, no, that being said, I, I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that, but you know, it's, everyone's really excited about it. I would love for a team to come in and pick them up. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a wonderfully run organization. It'll be really interesting to see throughout the ECHL how things pan out because of how much money is being left on the table. Mm-hmm. You have so many guys going overseas, um, yeah. you know, just to, an example is, you know, we had uh, a couple of guys, Les Lancaster, who led all of the defensemen in the ECHL. Uh, he was second in MVP voting, which we like to joke was an absolute robbery, but we'll, we'll get into that at a later time. Um, you know, he went overseas to Liga uh, and, and he had a really good friend, Josh Lamon, uh, also played with the Americans uh, who we had on at the same time. Uh, he ended up going over to, I believe, Wales, uh, uh, Cardiff, Wales to mm-hmm. play for the devils, which has an awesome logo. So, yeah. but that's a completely different style of hockey. They're playing on Olympic style rinks. Um, but the thing that I try to tell everyone whenever, you know, these guys are going and signing overseas is this is still a business first. Yeah. And these guys are businessmen. They are basically in business for themselves. They have to do what's best for them and their family and their, you know, their loved ones. So, you know, if someone offers me, again, mind you, like we said just a moment ago, you're making $500 a week, if that. I mean, and these guys went to college. Like, they played yeah. four, three, four years, and they, they couldn't find themselves a team, couldn't get drafted for whatever reason, um, but the dream lives on. So if someone says, we're going to give you a million dollars to play overseas, pack my bags, get my visa ready, I'm going. Yeah. Um, so not saying that's the type of their money uh, that they're making, but if someone flashes, you know, $350,000, $700,000 for a season, um, you know, I, I would be silly not to take that if I had that option as well. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the ECHL pans out. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. And with this COVID season that we just went through, um, the team out here in the SPHL, like you work your way into a loaner contract of the ECHL here. And mm-hmm. when everything shut down with COVID, the Birmingham Bulls coach stayed in Canada. He said, no, nah, um, I'll sit this year out. There were four of the 10 teams that decided not even, they didn't even want to play this year Yeah, because it, because of the financials. So, and it's, it's a trickle down. Same thing for the ECHL. Um, it's even more reason to, if the doors are open, go support your team um, while you have them. Um, these things change. Like when we lost the Bulls in uh, 2000, that was the end of hockey here for us for a long time before the college game came around. So mm-hmm. if you have minor hockey around you, you, you got to support. And the Allen Americans have one of the better jerseys and logo combinations out there. So, yeah, completely agree. And we're, uh, I'm excited. They're, they're doing a, uh, a fan interactive uh, jersey creation right now. And so they basically said, here's the template. Um, here, you know, here's our main sponsor, which is Globe Life make sure that they're on the Jersey, send it in, and then we'll pick the best ones. And one night we'll have those jerseys on the ice. And I've seen some pretty amazing stuff from some really talented people. So it'll be interesting to see what they have uh, coming up this season. And obviously before we move on, you have to look into the the specialty jerseys. That's to me, the most fun part. Yep. Um, I've got a Ninja Turtle one. 
Um, I may have spent way too much money on it, but it was one of those where it's like, you can't pass it up, you know, yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, Batman, Superman. They, there are no limits uh, as to what they can do. So it's really cool to see the jerseys that they skate on the ice with. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's such a fun part of the game. Like I, I love specialty Jersey night and how they get trending and you'll just find them on yeah. random pages. You're like, Hey, that's my team. And they're like, they'll make their way on a, a special page. So those are, those are always incredible. So we've talked about your stars. We've talked about your Allen Americans. Let's talk some more about water hockey. What do you guys got going on right now? Right now. Uh, so just to kind of fill everybody in as far as what water hockey is, um, it's myself, uh, Jason and Patrick. Uh, we all used to write for a website uh, that unfortunately went under due to COVID. Um, you know, the, the, the guy that ran it was just, there was just nothing going on and, and we completely understood, but I had recruited them. Um, I skate with Jason every now and then. Uh, Patrick, I met through a friend, um, and he's, he's our producer now. So he's the one that he's the mastermind behind all the editing, but, uh, yeah, we basically just got bored. Uh, we were sitting around, there were no sports going on. And then obviously with hockey being reignited and and the bubble happening, uh, we were all just fiending to, to do something. Uh, and you know, I, I know that Barstool does get a bad rap for some of the things that they do. Uh, but one thing that they're doing right is spitting chiclets. Mm -hmm. uh, they're really peeling back the layers of the game. And while they do still talk about what's going on in the game, you, you get a lot more feel for the personality of these players and these people within the game um, and different organizations. And that's really where the inspiration comes from is I feel like the NHL is probably the worst out of all the four major sports at marketing their own players, their own talent. Uh, and I think a lot of people like yourself and belly up, uh, I am with the hockey podcast network, but all of our different networks are really just trying to basically do what the NHL won't do for whatever yeah. reason. Um, yeah. that being said, uh, we have been around since I want to say we started recording last, uh, October, November around that time. Um, and we just do a weekly episode. Uh, we record every Tuesday, release every Thursday on all major, uh, podcast platforms, and we've just had an absolute blast. Like I, I said earlier, we've had a great relationship with the Out Americans. We've had numerous uh, different players from the Out Americans. Hope to have more in the upcoming season. Uh, we've had Jeff Totes, who um, was recently with the Stars organization for, I want to say, I think six seasons. Um, and he most notably just followed Stephen Johns on his mental miles journey, yeah, uh, which was really cool. And if you haven't seen, he made a documentary called we're not going home that basically he was the only media member allowed to go into the bubble with the stars. So essentially he was another Dallas star in the way that it really kind of played out because it was a players, the coaching staff, uh, and then one media person. And he was that one media person. So wow. he collected over, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hour of hours of footage, um, and piece together this amazing documentary of the star's journey inside the bubble. Um, I always recommend watching it on YouTube because it's unedited a lot like those stadium series were back on, like, I think it was Showtime or HBO, whenever mm -hmm. they were doing it on those completely unedited how it was supposed to be, uh, the whole time. But, uh, we've had him on recently. He shared some amazing stories. Um, we've had Selena Ray, who is the national anthem singer for the Dallas stars. She has been, I want to say since 2004 um she was the national anthem singer star when the stars were in the stanley cup in the bubble um 
She is one of the, I think the only national anthem singer that still are one of the few that sings the Canadian national anthem in English and in French, um, which is really cool. It's a really cool little fact. Um, And then more notably, we've had guys from the Texas stars, Riley Tufty, um, who was, I want to say he was drafted two spots after David Pasternak. So the kid's got talent. He's knocking on the door with the Texas stars. We've had Vern Fiddler, who is ex NHL star. Um, he was an absolute delight to talk to, uh, just to hear him talk about his time in Texas. Um, you know, obviously the Beeksa incident, uh, with him kind of mocking him, we got to hear about that firsthand, which was really fun. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, we're really excited. We're recording with our first active NHLer, Joel Hanley of the Dallas stars. Um, he, uh, funny enough, got his first goal. I want to say one of his first goals in the Stanley cup playoffs against the Tampa Bay lightning. So that's a big one for us. We're really excited about that. Um, and then we've got a member of the USA sled hockey team who is based out of Dallas. Um, I believe he's retired now, but he has won gold medals with the uh, U.S. sled hockey team in the Olympics or the Paralympics, excuse me, um, on next week. And then we're just putting feelers out there. Uh, you know, we've had subtle talks with Marty Turco, a couple of other guys within the Stars organization. Um, and we're really hoping that this interview that we do with Hanley tomorrow will open up some doors for us to talk to a couple more of the guys with the Dallas Stars. So, that's what we've got going on right now. Um, we've got, you know, just a ton of things in the works and, you know, we're working with different organizations and we've got some cool hats, t-shirts and like things like that for sale. We've got some jerseys, uh, that are actually supposed to be delivered within the next week. Um, but we did a very small order and I know a lot of people have been asking for hoodies and jerseys. Once we can find a maker that gets it to us on time, um, because we don't do any of this stuff ourselves, obviously, uh, we will definitely start doing some, some more cool merch, but people love it. If you love Whataburger and you love hockey, this is the podcast for you. Yeah. I was just about to mention, you guys have probably some of the coolest branding. Um, your logo is it's for those uh, listening to the audio, this is their branding. It'll be tagged in all of the social posts, but it is Whataburger hockey style. And it's just, <laughs> it is the best. It is absolutely incredible. And I mean, with that laundry list of like incredible guests you guys got going on, if you're a Dallas Stars fan or in the state of Texas or just a fan of hockey in the South, you got to give What a Hockey a listen and a like and a subscribe because these guys are absolutely incredible. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, we, we just, we love talking hockey. You know, yes, we are. We, and that's the thing, like we, we keep saying we're a Texas hockey podcast because while we are stars fans um, and obviously on video, you can see behind me, it's pretty much nothing but stars try to rotate the jerseys in, uh, in and out every now and then, but um, we just love the sport. And that's why we haven't really said we are a stars based podcast uh, because there are the all Americans. Um, There are the, you know, I think uh, if you think about the teams around here, you have the El Paso rhinos of the NAHL Mm -hmm. and the NA three HL, um, the Odessa Jackalopes, uh, the Lone Star Brahmas, um, the Texas Stars, which is the AHL affiliate for the Dallas Stars. Um, unfortunately, one of the teams for the AHL did leave and become the Henderson uh, Silver Knights, but the San Antonio Rampage, that's kind of unfortunately what you were talking about earlier when they took, a, took the team away and that was it. There was no hockey left. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the San Antonio faithful, they love their sports teams, especially because they only have one professional one in the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. So when they even have minor league teams, they, they rally around them so hardcore. Um, so that was a big, that was a big bummer. Plus their, uh, their setups were slick, the black, the silver um, with that bull on the front. 
Uh, but you know, there's a ton of Texas hockey, um, and we're trying to just spread the word as, as, as wide as possible. Um, and hopefully one day we branch into other States, you know, Oklahoma, they're trying to get some club teams for their schools up there. Louisiana has got some awesome minor league hockey, New Mexico, I know has minor league hockey. So, I mean, if we can just start touching base in different States that are in the South. I, I think it can really continue to grow and flourish for what we really want it to be. You guys can just, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are joining the sec. I mean, you guys could just <laughs> go on this way too, but uh, no, I, do love that you brought up the San Antonio, I mean, the uh, the Rampage, because they used to be the uh, affiliate for the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, and I they had the sickest jerseys, and they had the partnership with the Spurs, and they had the little spur on the, yep. the shoulder logo. Um, those were incredible, incredible jerseys. And now, <laughs> being the Henderson Silver Knights, they doubled down on that really incredible jersey. Yeah. That's so nice they look great and it's just unfortunate too i mean that's honestly i was only um lucky enough to attend one game but they were playing in the same arena as the spurs played in so i mean Mm. this was an ahl affiliate but it felt like an nhl production yeah um it was a it's a beautiful rink uh it's it's a little unorthodox because one of the sides is kind of flattened off so Mm -hmm. um but i mean they had whataburger in-house and i remember going and it's just one of those amazing stories um one of my cousins uh for christmas had actually surprised me with uh, rinks, uh, glass seats right next to the penalty box. And it was on a, they called it Chimuela night. And basically it was the sugar skull. So their yeah. jerseys were giant sugar skulls. Um, a lot of heritage there being represented. They had played, they were playing the Texas stars. So I was kind of the bad guy. Um, but at one moment I was holding a patty melt, which if you're a Whataburger fan, mm. you know, is one of the top tier items on the menu. And it was dollar beer night on a Friday. So, I mean, it was as if, no pun intended, the stars had all aligned for me to be yep. there for that specific game. And I kid you not, three months later, they made the announcement that they were selling the team to Henderson and relocating them. And I mean, the backlash was severe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that being said, it was really unfortunate because it's a beautiful market for hockey. Um, seeing a lot of those kids in San Antonio, I get it. We're not a hockey state, but seeing kids in San Antonio want to play hockey uh, they still have the junior rampage down there. Mm-hmm. So there are ways for kids to get involved, but you know, it's always nice to have that upper echelon of players to kind of look up to, even if they are at the uh, AHL level. So, you know, I'm, I love what the ECHL is doing. They just added a team in Iowa, the heartlanders who have some really interesting jerseys with the flower on the shoulder. Um, but the, uh, the deer, or the elk or whatever they want to call it. I think they're saying not deer, but it is a deer um, on the the crest, but you know, there's still potential for a hockey market in San Antonio. So, I mean, if I have one mission, maybe it's that, maybe it's that water hockey can inspire enough people to, to get back into the sport in San Antonio that they bring another team back, even if it's at the ECHL level. Yeah. And that's mad props and growing the game. And like you said, that's a hotbed, like the, the hockey community in Texas is growing and they just need somewhere to channel that, that fandom and that energy. So Fingers crossed for something coming in San Antonio because that would be, that would be incredible. But yeah, I mean, I heck, we would even you know sign over the rights to the San Antonio Water Hockey, whatever they want. They can use the branding. Hey, you know, it's on par with the state anyway. That would be, oh, that would be incredible. You heard it here first, right yeah, here. Yeah, big right, moves, <laughs> big moves right here in Fuckburg. Breaking news. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here, go ahead and throw out your social so everybody can find you and your podcast. 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Laces Out Finkel, F-I-N-K-L-E. Yes, I am a 90s kid. Yes, that is an ode to Ace Ventura, Ray Finkel, Laces Out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, and then you can find Wada Hockey on Facebook. Just type in Wada Hockey, all one word, and then real simple, at Wada Hockey, both Twitter and Instagram. We even have a LinkedIn, a little more professional side, but we're showing that, you know, we can be professionals too. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned. That Joel Hanley episode will be out this Thursday. Uh, we'll be uh, doing the interview tomorrow night. Uh, right now, we do only do audio. It's just been easier for us, but there will definitely be some uh, some streams. We've done one live stream. We did a live show um, at a place called Northside Draft House here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Richardson. Uh, we will likely be doing that again for some upcoming Stars games, some watch parties. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. Um, if you want to talk hockey, tag myself, tag Wada Hockey. Um, we had a post go kind of viral yesterday just talking about the Winter Classic and how much we missed it. Uh, we got some likes from Marty Turco, Kevin Weeks. Um, and if you're familiar with the State Fair of Texas, Fletcher's Corny Dogs, the official page, followed us. So big things happening for water hockey right now. And that's and this whole episode is just full of 90s references. We got Mighty Ducks reference. We got hockey playing Michelangelo. Laces out <laughs> Finkel here in Puckburg. Is a, we got DuckTales. So. All 90s all the time. I'm fine with that. I mean – we're that guy now. Man Absolutely. yells at cloud. We're Simpsons reference everything. Yeah. <laughs> now all we need are the tie-dye shirts for our respective teams like they have the 90s and we'll be set. Does anybody else remember that year that everybody wore cat in the hat hats? No, that even goes on. Oh, wait, no. It, yeah. You could win them at like theme parks. Right? Yeah. And like every, yeah. it was like a whole summer. Everybody just had like multicolored like cat in the hat hats. And it was just like cool at the time. Yeah. It was okay. And I just want to go on record saying it's no longer okay. It's no longer okay. But that was a thing that happened that I thought about that today. I was like, we used to do that. But hey, <laughs> uh, hey, thank you so much for coming on here in Puckburg and sharing your story. And absolutely, if anybody is listening to this, you have to go give Wada Hockey a follow. Um, they're doing incredible work over there. And if this is your first time here in Puckburg, we have a Twitter, H Puckburg on Twitter here underscore n underscore puckberg on instagram you can find us on facebook and if you'd like to come on and share your own puck tale we have an email address and it's here in puckberg podcast at bellyupsports.com so my friend jeff it is an honor to have you on thank you so much again for having me it was a blast the door is always open if you guys need to come on and talk hockey you are always welcome here in puckberg Will do. And likewise, we will definitely keep the door open for you to discuss any interdivisional uh, rivals that we may uh, have to create. Hey, that that will never happen with Colorado. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't the 90s anymore. Yeah, we're over that. We're just like, yeah, it's it's fine. But no, <laughs> we'll probably we'll be meeting again soon. And everyone who joined us here in Puckburg, thank you so much. Make sure you follow Wada Hockey. Make sure you follow the show. And we will see you again shortly.